All right, everybody, welcome into the first podcast of 2024. We are rightfully kicking this off with the Pylon podcast. I'm Cantley Elliott with a Will Weddington, we haven't we haven't done one of these in a couple of weeks, but there's been lots of good football to catch up on. We had some good games the other day. So, uh, Will, I'm excited to, to jump into a new year of football with you, man. I, I am too, absolutely. It's been a fun month of bowl games and got a lot to talk about, a, lot, a big game coming up to talk about too, so I'm excited. Yeah, this should definitely be a good one. I just, um, you know, to start this off, we, we decided we're going to go back and recap the the games from Monday. So if we're, if we're looking at that first game, Michigan and Alabama, mm-hmm. that was tough. And I felt bad because I had written an article kind of saying like why Alabama versus Washington was going to be a fun natty. But I think Michigan's legit. I thought Alabama I, was going to give them a shot, which they did. But it looks like it's Michigan's year, kind of. Yeah, I, I think Michigan is very much the team. Of, Michigan and Washington are both teams of destiny. And it just so happens they're running it. The two last unbeaten teams running into each other, two soon to be big 10 teams with Washington joining, running into each other. It's one high powered offense, one very, very good defense. that has got the makings of a good game. Yeah. You know, what's actually kind of funny. I was going back earlier this afternoon um, when we decided what we were going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And I watched the last little bit of Michigan versus Alabama. And when it was that fourth and goal at the end of the game, like even watching it, I kind of thought this is going to go one of two ways. I thought back to Alabama versus Auburn, the way that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know, crazy ending to that. And then the way Michigan, like their defense, they, they've been able to, you know, make stops when it really matters all throughout the season. And you just had kind of had to think like, this is going to go one of two ways, kind of how Alabama's season has gone all year with like some of the last minute victories or Michigan's uh-huh. defense just making big stands. So I don't know, just talk about kind of like, you know, what you were thinking about the game and what was kind of going through your mind on those last couple plays? So what was going through my mind was I had a feeling that, especially on that last sequence of plays that Jalen Milrow was going to run the ball. Yes. He could not throw to save it. Like I think he had 116 passing yards Mm -hmm. all game. And he was just, he was making plays on his feet. So I had a feeling they were going to run at least someone, not specifically that last play. Yeah. Because man, that was a, Aw, that was like the equivalent of the Seahawks trying to throw the ball in the Super Bowl <laughs> when they have marched. Like, just throw the ball, give your receiver a chance. Don't run a quarterback draw on, what was that, fourth and six? Yeah. Like, fourth and seven, and then your offensive line. Their center, or uh, Alabama center, had one of the worst college football games I've ever seen from a, just, like, miss, miss blocks, you name it, just, like, dropping everything. And it's just like, ooh, that's yeah. really the call you went with there. Um, yeah, and – Michigan's defense just seemed to have like a a, a go to for everything Alabama, play, except for the quarterback run, which in that instance completely backfired in their face. Yeah, I, I just kind of wonder too for Alabama. Like, I don't, I don't want to say it's the end of the road. I mean, with the expansion no. and everything, but like, mm. I don't know. So many people felt like this was this was kind of it for them. They said this wasn't the Alabama team that we've seen in the last few years. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it's still it's hard to hard to count Saban out. No, I, Nick Saban has shown us time and time again to not count him out. It's right. not like a what's a, a program that I I don't want to bring up Ohio State, but Ohio State where it's just like <laughs> oh they're the greatest thing in the world, but when they get to the spotlight, they just completely drop the ball every single single time. When you mm-hmm. have Alabama who gets to the spotlight, they took down. 
Georgia in the SEC championship to prove that, hey, we we should have make a case for this four-team playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach of all time. He, as long as he's coaching Alabama, unless they completely – they have like a nine and three year or something like that, and you're like, okay, it's starting to – starting to decline a la Bill Belichick of the NFL. You're like, all right, maybe you should relinquish some of your duties a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would not count out Alabama, especially with the 12 team playoff. There mm-hmm. are virtual lock every year now. So is yeah. Michigan. And a lot of these teams are just like, all right, who's going to be the other six teams that get in along with these other ones. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was and it was a big week for, for actually both Harbaugh brothers, but I'm I'm gonna stay on college football for a second. Um just when you're looking at Michigan, you know, finally getting over that hump, because I think so many people just had questions about how the playoff has gone for them the last two years. Um, you know, just basically rolling through the regular season, rolling through the Big Ten, and they get to, you know, play Georgia and they play TCU, and it's just completely different than how their season looks. So does does this team like do you feel more confident in them now that they're over that hump and like how well do you think they match up actually against Washington? I think I think they match up very, very well. Well. Mm-hmm. Um and yes, I think they're over the hump. I think it was Jim Harbaugh said when they went to the playoffs in twenty twenty one, beating Ohio State and going to the Big Ten championship, that was like it. Icing on the cake was the playoff. And then when they got back last year, it was like, all right, let's win a playoff game. Obviously mm-hmm. that didn't happen. They lost that shootout to TCU. And then they're like, all right, we got to do it again. J.J. McCarthy and him are like, this is it. This is it. And lo and behold, they finally – they got that elusive win, um, which I saw a stat today that mm-hmm. Michigan is 31-0 and when Blake Corum scores a rushing touchdown in a game. Wow. 31-0. and So if I'm Michigan, I'm trying to get Blake Corum the ball <laughs> yeah. come Sunday. But like I said, I think Michigan's defense, I think they're probably the number one defense at this point. I haven't looked at stats and stuff like that since the end of bowl weeks and stuff. And obviously with player opt-outs, some of the top-rated defenses has kind of dropped, like Florida State and all of that getting shellacked by Georgia. Yeah. But I think they I think they match up very, very well. Michigan has a great uh, defensive line and linebackers in pretty much every phase of the defensive side of the ball, like, and then obviously Washington's most well bigger bowl. So that might mean more pressure, more of uh Washington leaning on Michael Penix Jr. So yeah, I th- I don't want to say this is like game of the century hype because when that gets thrown around, yeah, the game of the century goes one of two ways. It goes like Texas versus USC in the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl in 2005, or it goes Alabama LSU in 2011, where the final score was nine to six in overtime. Yeah, where two defenses just hammering each other. Um, it has that. It has that potential to be a very, very good game. And I'll say that it'll be a blowout, like like last year with oh. Georgia, you 60, yeah. 60 to seven or something like 63 to seven. Last year's game was so hard to watch. I, I think I actually went to bed like before half. I think I went to bed at halftime because I want to say George like threw a touchdown right before half and it was like 35 or like 42 to mm-hmm. like seven or something. I was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah, I, was, like, no I, I turned it off. This. I turned that game off after the first quarter. I was like, and it's over. Yeah, but I, I want to go back to something you said for a second because I've actually heard the same thing and I think it's important. When you're looking at Michigan, kind of the way they've, went about things the last three years or so when it's okay beat ohio state 
you make the like win the Big Ten. Okay, that's cool. The next year, and you like progressively just add things on. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and I hate to keep harping on it because we've talked about it so many times on here, but Ohio State like that. It kind of goes back, I think, to what we've said about people in Columbus are more focused on beating Michigan than anything else. But yeah. like you said, as somebody who lived close to Michigan, you're right. People there just don't care about it or they're not as deeply invested as yeah. people here are. I, I think it's also a facet of college football's changing. Rivalries yeah. obviously are still important, but with <laughs> with the with the twelve team playoff, losing a game isn't the end of the world. Right. Like but obviously beating your rival is. I don't know. It's just Michigan was or Ohio State was harping so hard on Michigan they kind of forgot I don't want to say forgot the the facet of a good rivalry like and when it finally hit him in the mouth everyone freaked out and like yeah. Jim Harbaugh he did the right things when he was just like all right this isn't working I've lost how five straight six straight to to Ohio State what do I need to do he fired his longtime defensive coordinator and good friend Don Brown he changed up the offense. He went and got Josh Gaddish. Josh Gaddish obviously left, and now Sharon Moore is the uh, defensive coordinator uh, or the offensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator that first year that they beat Ohio State uh, is now uh, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. He was on loan. Uh, John Harbaugh was like, I want him to eventually be my defensive coordinator. I forget mm-hmm. his name off the top of my head. He's like, I will loan him to you for a year or two. Yeah. So he gets some experience, and then he'll come back which is what happened now. Jesse Minter is the defensive coordinator. He's making the right decisions as a head coach. He took that pay cut. He's like, you yeah. know what? I want to stay here. I, I I, believe I can do a good job. I believe I have the pieces to do it. So he took that pay cut. And then you have Ohio State, which I've been seeing in uh, lots of articles and listening to sports radio where they're like, should Ryan Day start moving on from Urban Meyer coaches, a la Larry Johnson, defensive coordinator. Some of these guys that have been there a while bring in his own, reset the culture a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But I think Alabama, Michigan, Mm -hmm. it's just some people be like, oh, it's because they cheated too Ah. Uh, with Connor Stout. I don't know about that. But, like, I just think it was – they definitely were reborn in that 2021 season. Or that – I want to say 2020 season, COVID – just completely mm-hmm. ruined it. Yeah, Ohio State probably would have absolutely slaughtered Michigan in that 2020 season had Michigan yeah. not canceled because of COVID and stuff like that. But I think that was a big wake-up call. And I think Ohio State, I know this. we're talking about the national championship game, but mm-hmm. I think Ryan Day and Ohio State need to have that same discussion mm-hmm. this offseason. Like, this yeah. is it. Like, if they, he comes in and loses to him again, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, Michigan fans are a little bit more patient, mainly because Jim Harbaugh, managed to turn things around from what uh Michigan was when he took over even though they weren't beating Ohio State where Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hope with Michigan they were in a big mess while Ryan Day took over from Urban Meyer and stuff like that so yeah it's interesting but I, I do think talking about OSU actually is kind of a good segue to that Texas Washington game because yeah I think when you're looking at Texas now I at least feel differently about them than I have the last few years because it seems like now, okay, you've proven that you can at least get to a CFP. And like you said, with the expansion now, there's a lot more, you know, parity and ability for teams like make it further. So I think Texas Mm -hmm. now, I actually like what they're building. I think they're special. I mean, we've talked about the quarterback room there before. It's like, it looks like for the next few years, you're going to be at at least the way things are now. You're pretty good at quarterbacks. I mean, even in the even in the game on uh on Monday, 
they were they would cut to Arch Manning multiple yeah. times in the game. Like yeah. when they were, I think they were down, was that 31 to 21 or something like that? Yeah. They're like, maybe they make a change. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that, but like yeah. it was it's like weird because Arch Manning obviously is like the number one guy. Like he's up there with a, another five star perfect one oh rating or whatever, Quinn Ewers and Vince Young, all of which went to Texas and stuff like that. So it's just like Waiting in the wings, they're in really good possession uh, position joining the SEC next season and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they, I feel like they got a pretty much guaranteed spot in the CFP next year. But I also find it interesting that mm-hmm. obviously Washington's having a lot of success. But Washington's success, I really feel like, comes from Steve Sarkeesian years ago when he was the head coach at Washington. Yeah. He, he built a solid foundation when he took over. Yeah, he had a couple – it was mainly eight and four seasons, eight and five. I think he had a nine and four season in there too and stuff like that. But like he built this because Washington was a punching bag for the longest time. (laughs) So when he left to go take the USC job, Chris Peterson came over from Boise state. And then when he retired, then it went over to uh, Jimmy Lake and then he got fired and then it became uh, Dabor. So Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of Washington success comes from Steve Sarkeesian, who was obviously coaching Texas and turn around that program in three years when five and seven, eight and five, and then uh, 12 and two. So I think, yeah. Yeah. They, they just feel like a program, at least after this year, that like they're just trending, they're trending in the oh, right I, direction. And I think that's just, that's like so good for college football too. If they were, a, if they were a stock, you would definitely be buying that stock. You'd yeah. Buy the, buy the Texas stock. Absolutely. So yeah, we'll take it. I, I do. <clears throat> Washington's a tricky one for me. Um, I saw where it was like 10, 10 of their wins this year were by 10 or fewer points. Yeah. Um, that's crazy to me, but I, I don't know against Alabama, like not Alabama, but Michigan, um, just that defense that they have, like, how do you, like, what do you see for Washington's offense? I think, I don't think we're going to see a huge offensive explosion for either team. Mm-hmm. I think we might honestly see a similar score to the Michigan Alabama game where both teams score under 35 points and it comes down to like the last two drives for either team. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think Michigan is going to lean a little bit more on JJ McCarthy throwing the ball, which mm-hmm. is what he did this past. He had two touch, three touchdown, three mm-hmm. touchdown passes. Granted, some of them were short. They weren't the big explosive plays that we saw when uh they were playing ohio state last year and the year before that so uh and then washington i'm, I'm pretty sure their running back got hurt i don't know if he's going to be playing or whatnot uh but y- i think we'll see a little even more passing from michael Penix than we already have he led the nation in passing yards and yeah and like you brought up they had a lot of under 10 point wins a lot mm-hmm. of one score wins they had a couple scares against like teams like arizona Mm-hmm. who was a team on the rise. I said it multiple times in a lot of my articles last uh, uh, this past season and also in a couple uh, pods that I think I'm Arizona is the best three-loss team in the country, without yeah. a doubt. Like, they are scary good. And yeah. another team that is pri- primed to take over the Big 12. Uh, but I think I, it's going to be a really, really good game. I think it'll be a lot better than last year's game for sure. Between- so – yeah, no, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off. I, oh, I just no, want to ask you. Um, so, like, let's just say, who 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 do you trust more with the ball at the end of the game? Is it going to be Michigan's offense or is it going to be Penix? Because that was one thing I kind of, and that was why in my mm. article for this week, I kind of leaned more toward Washington, just because 
we kind of saw like what Penix was able to do on those last drives and everything this year. But I mean, like you said, JJ, he's been able to show that he can throw the ball and they have a good run game too. So and who are you trusting I, more? I think I trust Michigan's more because they can convert on fourth down. They convert. They were two for, they were two for two on fourth downs uh, against Alabama. One of which coming on that last drive, which they ended up getting the game winning touch or the, uh, the tying touchdown to send the game into overtime. They, and that's what led them to beat Ohio State this year. They won the fourth, fourth, uh, fourth, fourth down conversion turnover or uh, battle. Yeah. They were th- three for three or four for four on uh, on fourth downs against Ohio State. They're just a machine at just pounding the rock down your throat and like even passing the ball too. Like JJ, I think he has four interceptions on the year, five interceptions. I don't remember how many Michael Panic has, but he's just they're all Michigan is so smart with the ball. Mm-hmm. And not not saying that Washington's not. I haven't watched a crazy amount of Washington. Just watching most of the Michigan games this year, mm-hmm. uh, I would just I trust Michigan a little bit more. Yeah. Though that being said, Washington could probably get the ball downfield a lot quicker. Like if they had a minute, they could probably get it down there in thirty seconds with all the all the receivers and skill players that they have and stuff like that. Yeah. So so score for the national championship game. What are you oh, rolling God. with? What are we rolling with? So I think the betting line I saw on DraftKings yesterday was Michigan was a four and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. And the over the over under was 55 and a half or 56 and a half or something like that. I think mm-hmm. I would take the under. And then I would also pick Michigan. Mm-hmm. I like I would say. 34. 34 28 something like 34, that 35 30, 35 28 something like that i'll say i'm gonna go i'm gonna go closer i'm gonna say 35 31 i'm gonna say that's probably mine was gonna be like 34 like 28 or yeah. something somewhere in there i just like you said I, I i see this being similar to or like you said i see this being similar to um that first game that alabama michigan game mm-hmm. i just you know because the, the over under for the texas washington was like 63 yeah and i was just like well, that, i kind of want to bite on it but i well yeah. Al- or texas gave uh washington a run for their money in the end they lost was it 31 uh 37 31 and then yeah. it the game ended on an incomplete pass in the end zone so it's like it could go either way. That game also ended up being very, very good too. Not, not to diminish that game at all. We we were very lucky with those two mm-hmm. CFP games compared to the other games we had earlier that day, where Iowa completely showed their ineptitude on offense and Jeez, stuff like that. And then watch uh, <laughs> Wisconsin and LSU had a very, very good game too that came down to the end. Yeah, so, yeah. LSU Wisconsin was one I was sad I didn't get to watch, but I was at work actually and went downstairs and saw that uh, mm-hmm. Iowa and Tennessee was on. And I was just like, geez, OP. Like, if this doesn't sum up Iowa season, then it's a master program. Uh, it's a master class from Brian Ferris in his last uh, offensive or last game on the uh, Iowa staff. He is that was his last game. He got fired. So that's yeah, that was crazy. I was like, there's no reason why this should even. Be. I feel yeah. bad for people who went to that game. Yeah, I feel terrible. And like, for and Vegas was right again. That I think the over under was over six or thirty six and a half. And then guess what? The final score was thirty-five to zero. So yeah. Vegas wins again. Yep, they so. know like they know something we don't. <laughs> they know something. We're gonna start a blaze, uh, a betting, a, a betting, betting segment site, yeah. this year. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna try to figure That'd out we fun. know things. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, um, I'm, 
I'm trying to think of any other fun things. Uh, we got to talk about the Pop Tart Bowl. Uh, I don't know if you watched any of that. About, I didn't. Uh, well, the, the the important thing it was NC State versus Kansas State, mm -hmm. uh, and the the big thing about it was was the Pop Tart Bowl had a live mascot. The Pop Tart mascot is yeah. a guy or a girl in a Pop Tart suit. But the thing is, it's an edible mascot. Jeez. So the winner at the end of the game got to eat the mascot. The mascot got lowered into a giant uh, toaster or a oh, or, and it came out and they all got to eat it and stuff like that. But the whole thing was the toast. The uh, the Pop Tart wanted to be eaten. That's the Pop Tarts thing in life. So there's like that great picture of the pop tart holding the sign that says dreams really do come true because he was so Jeez. excited about getting eaten and stuff like that and the memes are great i'll have to send you some yeah um <laughs> but there's i've seen a bunch of people saying that the pop tart bowl should be part of the playoffs uh next season because the first couple rounds will be home games for the higher seeds right mm. and then after that it goes to uh, actual bowl games themselves so like the bowl the first week of the playoffs would be that first week of bowl season or whatever mm -hmm. or the week before then it goes into bowl season stuff so people are like we got to have the pop tart bowl like make that yeah. one the duke's mayo bowl the cheese it bowls the fun bowls with fun atmospheres these fun yeah. mascots and stuff like that but man some of these memes i saw for the pop tart guy uh it's great yeah. I'm excited for them to do it again next year, and they'll probably have a different flavor. I think this year's was the strawberry pop tart and stuff like that. So oh, they kept it basic for this year. Yeah, they kept it pretty simple. Yeah, they need like the brown sugar cinnamon. That's yeah, that's what I said. I was like, I bet they go brown sugar cinnamon next year. But it's just like it, it comes out, and obviously it's a different costume than the one the person was wearing. But it's just this pop tart with a big smiley face and big eyes, and just. The players are eating it and throwing it at each other. Oh, that's great. See, that's a really good incentive, though. I feel like I would, oh, yeah. I would be very, very apt to play if I saw, if I knew that was what we were going to get. It's it's also the same with the Duke's Mayo Bowl. The winning coach gets some mayo. Instead of Gatorade dumped on its head, they dump <laughs> mayo on his head. Like, if I'm a player, I'm like, I want to see my coach get mayo dumped on yeah. it. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and so. then the other one is the uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, where the winning coach gets a bucket of uh, french fries dumped on their head. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I would take the french fries and the Pop-Tarts. I think they can keep the mayo. You don't want the mayo dumped nah. on your head? <laughs> Unless you bring fries with the mayo. Oh, yeah. Then, like, maybe I'd be okay with it. Yeah, West, I, I could... think West, West Virginia won the Mayo Bowl, and the players were eating French fries and stuff off of their coach. Jeez, so. OP. Man. Well, no, nah, it's, uh, it's it's good to get back on here with you and, like I said, talk about yeah. these games. And I'm sure we'll have another pod, too, recapping the, the national yeah, championship. we'll and do one preview. next week. For, yeah. We'll do one next week for sure. Yeah, and then previewing some of what's uh, next year and everything, yeah. too. So The draft, uh, see what's going on there. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming up. I feel like we'll have plenty of good discussions, you know, throughout the mm -hmm. spring and everything. So um, where can people find you on social media and find your articles and everything for Blaze? On Twitter, uh, now known as X, I'm at Will underscore Weddington. On Instagram, I'm Will Weddington, I think. And then obviously I'm on Blaze, uh, blazereview.com for my college football articles. I haven't really wrote any in the last month. Just go out and enjoy the bowl games. We got one game left, so maybe I'll write like a retrospective on the season and stuff like that, or winners and losers of the season. We'll see. Yeah. Heck yeah, and preview it a little bit of next year too, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Our so. Early, early top twenty-five. Ooh, I'm excited to see who your early, who your uh, early. Blaze reviews are. early top twenty-five. I'll have to think about that. I'll probably give it a few days after the. Uh, maybe I'll do it the night up. We'll see. Hopefully, you don't catch as many strays as Emilio catches on his uh, NFL power rankings every week. Oh, he catches. Some I like bullets. Those. 
they're, they're yeah they're interesting and i'm always like oh okay so but yeah. but yeah now thank you will for joining uh the first yeah. podcast oh. of, of 2024 yeah. i'm excited to see what we do this year it's gonna be a great year great year it's gonna be great great well thank you everybody for checking out the pylon podcast and we'll see you next time